Hi everyone, this is Anna King and welcome to this audio about how to go from survival mode to creation mode and create change in your health and your life. So if you wonder why change feels so challenging sometimes, or you feel like you've done a lot of self-work, whether in the area of food or mind or emotions, but you're still struggling to make it stick, or you're on that hamster wheel of fix-it mode, this is for you. Um, Because I just feel like there's so many things we know that we want to change, but to be able to enact it is a whole different story. So I want to share some science, concepts, and tools for creating lasting change so that your mind and your body are no longer fighting themselves. This is also an explanation audio for the Creating Change Tapping Meditation, where we go beyond knowledge and into the actual experience. So this is the audio that unpacks some of the science and concepts behind that tapping meditation. So let me start by unpacking where the stuckness and the inner resistance and the lack of ability to change begins. And no, likely it is not because you don't have enough willpower or self-discipline or desire. It's because there are blockages that are at work underneath the surface of the water, so to speak. So as you recall, um, one analogy is the iceberg analogy of your mind. Your subconscious mind is the 95% of the mind that's underneath the surface of the water. And sometimes in order to know what's really going on, underneath the surface of the water, we kind of have to dive underneath to, to kind of you know swim around and see what's going on down in there. So um, by way of explanation, um, let me just give you a little story about myself and, and uh, how I started to really tune into this working with a deeper mind. So um, when I first started this work, what I became aware of is that I was super resistant to exercise. And I knew I should do it, and at the time I was a dancer, and uh, I had a lot of knowledge about the health benefits of exercise, but it was very resistant. I dreaded it every single day. Um, I would do it, and I did notice that I felt better, but I was very resistant. And, um, and so I started doing um, some of this kind of process to figure out what was blocking me from being able to just enjoy it. And, you know, because I, kn- I knew that, you know, our bodies are made to move and we're wired for it. So why is it so hard? So I came across a memory um, of myself and um, my siblings and my dad when we were younger, and we were um, doing a little exercise class. I was home educated, and so we had an exercise class with, you know, uh, three other siblings, and and I remember in that memory that um, I was not great at it, and that my older sisters were wonderful at it, and they were hard workers, and they were motivated, and they could do the perfect splits, and all these things. And for me, I was just sitting there like, I, I, this is not for me. I'm not cut out for this. And so what's so interesting is I was about eight or nine years old in that memory, but, but the belief that got stuck and the emotions that got stuck were one of just self-defeat and this is not who I am um, and I'm just not great at this. And, and it happened in just a moment. Uh, but that energy and that identity carried through my entire life up until I worked on it several years ago. So all the way through my teens and my 20s, I had that mindset of just, I'm not good at this and um, exercise is hard for me and it's just not who I am. 
So then once I actually identified that old identity that I thought I'm not an exercise person and I did this process, um, I was amazed um, to see the results. And some were immediate and some came a little bit over time. Um, But now, just kind of miraculously, you know, exercise is always something I look forward to. And um, it is, it's a light up and I can't imagine life without moving my body. And it's not something I, I do um, because I have to, I do it just because I love it. So that's just an example of how something that happens in the past that creates this belief or this identity can affect our, our, you know, uh, be reinforced over time and, and affect our present. So the takeaway is that, I, that the experiences in our early life shape us. And um, if you listen to the previous audio about um, your past, your pain, and your programming, you know that those things that are so deep, deeply rooted in our past are, um, are, are kind of we're holding on to emotions and beliefs in the subconscious mind, and they're affecting our body, and they're affecting our life in so many different ways. So let me just break it down. You know, um, when I say past pain and programming, your past are the experiences that shaped you and those created pain, um, emotions, you know, that you feel, which creates a programming, which is that reinforced cycle of thinking and feeling and being. And what it does is it creates evidence that uh, you aren't who you hoped you were and that you're not enough. And over time, that evidence gets reinforced to create the quote-unquote identity um, of who you think you are. And this happens to all of us in varying ways. You could probably sit and think about ways that you have created this little identity for yourself based on your past, your pain, and programming. And that identity may not be true, right? And so it's easy to to create that, um, I call it a little I identity, a a small self, and and it's not the true self, it's the programmed self that um, basically says like, oh, I I must just be an anxious person, or I must be a depressed person, or my family is overweight, so I'm destined to be that way, or um, I'm not a kind person, or, um, you know, there's beliefs about money, and there's beliefs about um, career and what you can do in your life, right? So these are identities that we take on. But the interesting thing is that they're usually subconscious. They're not necessarily conscious, but they show up in our lives all the time. And they are so ensconced in us and they feel so true and so familiar and so normal um, that sometimes we don't even know that they're there until we notice that we're stuck and blocked in the areas of um, our health and, um, you know, food or exercise or, you know, working with emotions. There's so many different ways. So um, if you accept, believe, or surrender to that subconscious little I identity, then it may, may as well be true because of the way it's affecting you. Um, it's affecting your life. It's affecting your relationships. And it's affecting your body because your body is a responder, not only to what you eat and drink, but to your thoughts, emotions, self-beliefs, and and that programmed identity. So then you have to ask yourself the question, like, what if, what if this simply isn't true? What if this is based on my past and my pain and my programming and that identity um, isn't isn't who I want to be and it's, it's no longer who I have to be? 
So in my opinion, when you want to create change in your life, it has everything to do with identity. And it's either the little I identity of the past, the pain, and the programming, or the big I identity of your truest self, your the possibility, the who you are beyond your past, your pain, or your programming, your connection to God, all of those things, that's true identity. So in order to do that, we have to learn how to work with the subconscious mind to help it get comfortable and get on board with this new identity that we want to embody. And there's two main components uh, to work with the subconscious mind. Because remember, subconscious mind doesn't speak English. It speaks in the language of emotions, sensations, pictures, images, in short, in energy, right? So two main components are your image or intention that you have in your mind of the, the person that you want to be, right? And then the emotion or the energy that you want to embody, so for example, now, you know, I, I love to play soccer every once in a while. I mean, yoga is my big thing, but I like to go play soccer. So what I'll do before I go play a soccer game is I close my eyes and I, I see the picture in my mind of the player I want to be. And then I feel the feeling in my body um, of how that would feel to feel energized and confident. So what we're doing is when we combine a, a clear intention or image with an emotion that is full of of life-giving emotions, then you pair the two together and that's how you communicate to the subconscious mind. And so the those emotions um, I call core emotions, core emotions such as gratitude or freedom or lightness, love, joy, peace. By feeling into those emotions and seeing the picture in your mind, you're signaling your brain and body to create something new. And when your eyes are closed and you're not tuned into your outer world that says that, that is giving you all the evidence of who you're not, right? Um, but you're tuned into your inner world. Your brain and body do not know the difference between what's happening out there and what's being created on the inside. So it's very powerful to close your eyes and do that tapping meditation because then you start to see the results in your outer life. So here's a visual I like to use. You can think of creating change like you're standing on one mountain and it's called survival mode and you're headed to another mountain called creation mode and you're headed there via a suspension bridge. And if you've ever walked on a big suspension bridge, you know that they can feel a little wobbly and uncertain, even though you know people have used that bridge in the past, you've made it safely over. The bridge is the journey you take during your tapping meditation. So the mountain you're standing on right now, this survival mode mountain, is characterized by those survival emotions of fear of the unknown or frustration about being where you are or shame or guilt from the past. And the first thing we want to do in this meditation is make a clear decision about the identity we want to embody in the future and be a, become aware of the identity we've been living in the past. So that's the first step. And in the meditation, I have you start with your intention and your I am statement. So you start with who you want to be, so then you can figure out what is giving you the evidence of who you think you're not. Okay, so as soon as you make that decision, you've stepped off survival mode and now you're on the bridge, right? But metaphorically speaking, there can be lots of fear as you step off the bridge and into the unknown, right? You're kind of seeing the chasm of what's below you. And even though you're headed in the right direction, you're in the unfamiliar. 
and the subconscious mind tries to push back to survival mode and the safety of the known. So this is where we encounter resistance when we're trying to change because the subconscious mind's number one job is to keep you safe. And it doesn't know that what you're creating is a healthy thing. So many people self-sabotage themselves at the outset of any new healthy change because of this one thing. Um, subconscious mind doesn't, doesn't get it that this is a really good thing, right? So this is where the EFT tapping comes in. Because when you tap on the meridian points, you're sending a calming signal to the survival survival center of your brain, which is your limbic system. And your limbic system is responsible for perceiving possible threats and giving you the heads up. And that's great when it's a real threat, right? But when you're creating change that is healthy and good, you really need that limbic system to calm down and, and go take a bubble bath. So... As you go through this meditation, what you're doing is you're kind of crossing that bridge is you're tapping through the resistance to change, any past issues or anxieties that arise when you think about creating something new. Now, um, there's a spot on the bridge in the middle of the bridge that I call the gray zone. And like you're halfway there, you don't feel bad anymore, you don't feel triggered, you don't feel like as resistant, but you, you don't necessarily feel good. It's kind of like a neutral zone. So this is a very important moment to firmly release the past, the old programmed identity, and really tune into your core. So um, Socrates said, the secret to change is to focus all your attention, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. So you build the new by putting all your attention on those core emotions such as gratitude and peace and joy and love, and you get into the core, and then you really embody that. And the cool thing, again, is when your eyes are closed and you're feeling those core emotions, your brain and body does not know the difference between what's happening out there and what's being created on the inside. So when you link that image and tension in your mind to the feeling in your body, what I have you do in the meditation is you go back and forth until you can do both at once. And when you can do both at once, feel, feel it and see it or, or have that strong intention, because not everyone gets a, a clear picture, but you want to at least have an intention, like a sense of where you're going. Um, once you can do that, then you're embodying that new creation. And that's when you land on your creation mode mountain, so to speak. So this is what's happening in your body and your nervous system when you practice this on a regular basis. And um, for more on the science and the concepts behind accessing your core, just listen to that audio, um, accessing your core. So real quickly, how to do this meditation. Make sure that you're sitting up, preferably on a meditation cushion, or you have pillows stacked so that your hips are higher than your knees. And you want to be sitting up, not laying down. And this is so that the spine can be straight and you're fully awake. It's good to use earbuds to tune out all distractions. You can really be in your inner world. And there are two windows of time when the door to your subconscious mind is the most open. Those are right as you're waking up in the morning and right as you're going to sleep at night. And um, I'll share more about that in the next audio. So um, you can use this as a morning meditation or anytime you notice that you need an emotional or mental reset. 
So I hope this creating change audio has been helpful and now get in there and do the experiential work because that's where you'll see the greatest amount of change.